Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conversations with Celery Network. I'm Angela, the podcast host. Thank you for joining us. We're so excited to be here. Tune into our podcast for inspiration, motivation, and education on finance from business owners, financial experts, and students who are just like me and you. On episode 15, we're introducing Yashika. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So Yashika has had a passion for words ever since she was in school. Born and raised in India, she's now based in New York. She started her career as a ghostwriter with Times of India. She has experience in writing for multiple industries like fashion, beauty, technology, healthcare, and even managed to successfully launch um, the social media handles on one of India's biggest Sunday magazine. Her dedication to writing helped her graduate from the Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism. During this time, she wrote on so many subjects, which included sexuality, gender, and ethnography. Her recent book, Coming Out as Dali, received a lot of positive responses and appreciation. She describes the book as a force to readers to confront the injustice of the caste and also serves as a call to action. Currently, she's the Associate Creative Director for Admirasia, one of the top multicultural advertising agencies, where she has helped major financial brands like Citibank delivering successful message to Asian Americans. So now let's go back to your book. Um, could you introduce your book? And uh, it's called Coming Out of Dalit. And um, yeah, just talk about it. Yeah, so um, I wrote this book in 2019. It was okay. published last year. And I started working on it in 2016. Um, it took me about three years to write it. And I wanted to write a book that would help people like me um, understand what it feels like to live with this hidden identity okay. of their caste. And just to, you know, uh, tell our readers and our viewers a little bit about the caste system. The caste system is a practice of discrimination that exists in India mm-hmm. and the rest of the Indian subcontinent and among the Indian communities in the United States and elsewhere. So here too. Here too, mm-hmm. yes. So it's, um you know, it places certain castes above others and the castes who are below are probably considered untouchable many times. Does it have to do with financials? Um, Oftentimes uh, financial worth is a byproduct of the discrimination but many times even if someone's an untouchable person from an untouchable caste, even if they have money, they will not get the same kind of respect. So you're born into it? Yes, I was born into an untouchable caste. So I um, dealt with this identity of hiding the fact that I was from this caste all my life, and when I came to journalism school at Columbia, I uh, was inspired to, to write a book that would talk about my story, but not just my story, because, Everyone's you know, story. yeah, exactly. we all mm-hmm. have stories, and not just um, we, but like, especially people like me who don't see themselves represented on screen, who don't see themselves represented in politics, in media. So I wanted to talk about our experiences. Okay. And so what was the main message you wanted to deliver by the book? The main message that I wanted to, uh, wanted to deliver was that I wanted everybody, not just people in India, but also people in the U.S., to understand that caste system runs everything in India. Mm-hmm. People think that caste is ancient. People yeah, think that, yeah. you know, it's something that happened long time ago in India and nobody practices it. But the fact is, even today, um, you know, parents will often 
even go to the extent of killing their children wow. if they marry somebody outside still their to, caste. Till, till today, wow. it, there's a case that How happened. How many caste systems are there? So that's difficult to define because there are broadly four major castes. Okay, four but major, within them, mm-hmm. but within them, there are many, many, many subcastes, and the discrimination is based on that. And also, it changes from one region to the other. Maybe in one region, one caste is considered higher. In another region, one caste is considered lower, and it's incredibly complicated. So you said you're born into it. You're born into it. Okay, you cannot. So there's not. You cannot climb up the ladder, so to say. You can climb up the ladder uh, socially. You can climb up the ladder financially. But you can't marry that person. You can make that choice, but you can't erase your caste. That's always going to be there with you. Yeah. Okay. So now, which one was harder for you, hiding from being recognized as a Dalit, or actually coming out as a Dalit? That's a really good question. So um, I've written in my book, and um, it's not available in the U.S. yet, but hopefully soon, that, you know, living with an identity that you're trying to hide is like living with a dead body on your back. Yeah. You know, and you drag it around everywhere, and it becomes so heavy that you forget that it's even there, but you feel the burden all the time. Yeah. So that's what it's, for me, it was like living with a hidden identity. Yeah. And when I was able to come out as Dalit, and I want to talk a little bit about why I use these words. Okay. It's like coming out of the closet, you know, in a way, the way we understand the closet term mm-hmm. is for sexuality. Exactly, right. But also when you are living, it's about identity. When you're living right. with a different identity. Who you are, yeah. Right, when you're trying to hide that, and then you... One day reject that. That's another kind of a closet. So I think both things were hard mm-hmm. in their own way. But for me being able to come out and declare that I was an untouchable person, mm-hmm. I was born into an untouchable caste, was uh, was incredibly freeing. Can I ask what is an untouchable task? Um, task. Um, literally, what it means that yeah. you know, if if you're born in an untouchable caste. Uh, people won't sit next to you. Wow. Or um, there are practices that are still followed in certain parts in India right now. If an untouchable person is crossing the road and the short, a shadow falls on a higher caste person, quote-unquote, wow. they're going to go back in and take a shower because they've been polluted. So wow. the touch is considered yeah. polluted. Their presence is considered uh, mm. impure. And it, it really has manifestations in a really physical and literal yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So wh- when you were living in India or even 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 here, um, what what did what kind of negativity did you see in the caste system in India? I mean, you mentioned a lot, but um, what, right. what was really negative about it? I mean, the biggest negativity if, for the caste system is that the, you're not considered as an equal person. Yeah. That's I think the biggest negative, and a lot of us people who are minorities mm-hmm. already understand that idea so well. When of we course. move into a multicultural mm-hmm. society like the United States we realize that somewhere we are always looked at as a brown person when maybe that's not as equal to everybody else. Maybe that's not as equal to a white person. So I think the biggest negative influence is not being equal, Mm -hmm. but it has some, it had some implications in my real life as well. Like, for example, when I was 15 years old and um, I remember a friend of mine invited me to her house for, uh, you know, uh, just tea. In India? In India, Mm -hmm. tea and biscuits. And uh, her parents, the second question her parents asked me was what my caste was and before then my mom had told me if somebody asks your caste always lie about it hide about it so that you're not going to get discriminated but that one day I was 15 years old I decided you know what I'm just going to do it I'm going to tell them what's the worst that can happen
and I told them I'm from a scheduled caste. It's the official term for our castes. Okay. So they knew what it was, and it felt like, and I've talked about this before, it felt like somebody had dropped a bomb in the room because everybody became extremely silent. And I could feel that they did the not, the mm-hmm. tension, they did not want me to be there, and I left. And wow. and the next day... Did you tell your mom? I didn't tell my mom. I, I knew she'd be mad. Mm-hmm. But the next day in the school bus, this friend of mine who I'd been talking to every day, um, I said hi to her, mm-hmm. and she turned away and didn't look at me. And then when she looked back, she looked like right through me, like I was invisible. And that was, that was the first time I understood, uh, what it means to have, uh, to tell everybody that I'm an untouchable. But it sparked the fire in you. Um, at that point, I just realized that I needed to hide my caste. It just made me more resilient in terms of, I have to do whatever I can to protect my identity. So that I don't allow this to happen to me again. So now when you said you walk in the street and someone, um, you know, um, will judge your cast or how, how would they know who's who? Do, does it, you know, it's, India is such a large country. Um, of course. How does it, how, how do they know like who, you know? Yeah, that's a really good question again because it's hard, right? It's not like racism. Right. It's not like you can look at somebody and tell what their caste is. But you can tell somebody, uh, a, you can tell about someone's caste from the last name. Last name, okay. Yeah, that's a really big tell of how to identify someone's okay. caste. And then people will also ask questions. That's why like my friend's parents, they asked me what my caste was because they wanted to know where to put me on that scale, whether I was worthy of their respect or not. Wow. So, you know, they'll ask me more questions. If I give an, um, if I have an ambiguous last name, they'll ask me more questions. I see. Or they'll make up their own assumptions. They'll probably think, oh, she looks like she's a higher caste, so we shouldn't. Or if I look lower caste, they will automatically discriminate against me right. without even telling me. So in one of your interviews, you mentioned um, studying English actually helps you escape the caste system, what does that, what does that mean? So um, a lot of us, even, even in the U.S., we understand that being able to communicate in English is such a powerful thing, right? Like the way I speak, the way a lot of us speak who are minorities, mm-hmm. oftentimes I get this uh, surprise from a lot of people. You speak really good English. You How? do, and you do. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Because yeah. you recently moved here, 2016. 14. 14, yes. Yeah. So, so that's recent. That's yeah. that's what it is. Um in India, there is a lot of emphasis on speaking good English because having been colonized, we understand what the language can do to us. Mm-hmm. How, when we can move to a different country, how we'll be perceived. I see. So when somebody from a lower caste learns how to speak good English, they also get the kind of respect oftentimes as a higher, yeah. as a higher mm-hmm. caste until it's found out that they're actually not higher. So at least the first impression is they speak good English. They're therefore educated. They they're must be higher exactly. caste. Yeah. So you escape that for one second. So what motivated you to leave India, come here, pursue your education at Columbia University? I mean, that's that's so impressive, you know? Thank you. Yeah. Um, did your parents leave or did you? It just... was just me. Wow, um, okay. I wanted to uh, get a better education in journalism. Okay. And I thought about what's the best journalism school to apply and I realized Columbia is a great school. And I wanted to come here and work in the industry here. And because from all the American journalism that I've read, I have great amount of respect for it. I wanted to be a part of this media establishment and to learn from these amazing writers to cover these kind of stories. So I always wanted to do really good work. And that was one of the... 
thank you and and that was one of the reasons but also i didn't want to be confronted about my caste all the time exactly. i felt yes, like that here. right yeah. i and felt there, like there's some difficulties here too but it's not yeah it's, it's not, not a, the same yeah. yeah i felt like i could um escape yeah a little bit yeah. so when you started writing the book um the ideas just kind of popped in in your head or is this something that was like building all along and uh, did you experience any i think it's called writer's block did you experience any of that um, of course yeah. yeah i had massive writer's block i'd never written a book before i didn't right. know how to write a book i remember sitting in front of my laptop with the page open and I'm, the cursor is just blinking and i kept staring at it for hours and like, i didn't know what do to I do yeah. how, how does one write a book like nobody tells right, you that right. and you know what i did i actually went out and i went to barnes and noble and i got the book that says writing for dummies oh. and it's an incredible story because i didn't realize that anybody bought those books but when yeah. i saw it and i was like what's well, the worst that can right, happen exactly but that had some really good advice so um i was able to you know i was able to overcome writer's block by just preparing and researching right. so your question was how did the ideas come mm-hmm. about i'm a journalist so a lot of our ideas come with research right. and you know speaking to people and reporting okay. so that's where you know a basis of that reporting i was able to uh, draw up on some some conclusions look at issues that needed to be talked about and that's how Okay. I wrote the book. So what was the process of publishing the book? Um did you face any financial obstacles at all? So I have a really unique story because I never wanted to write a book, but when I came out as a Dalit person on Facebook, okay. that note went viral, it was picked up by a lot of wow. media outlets. Okay. And then uh eventually I got a publishing deal. I got an offer from a publishing house oh, okay. to write this book mm-hmm. but of course it was still financially hard because you know the the uh, publishing house is in India so I was being paid in Indian money and not in US dollars so I convert that yeah and it wasn't that much and I wrote the book for 3 years yeah. so it was really difficult for me to um be financially stable I was okay. a freelancer at that mm-hmm. time I was writing the book in the evening working in the day it was one of the toughest times uh, I had to face but I'm a lot a, of authors face that challenge right. yeah yeah it's uh, it's very hard to be an author if you're not rich right of course you know so so we've seen you give speeches everywhere such as Harvard Columbia University and we even went back to India for nearly a month to do a whole book tour. How was that? Oh, it was such an incredible experience. You know, people rooting for you like, yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was very humbling at the same time because you know, I'm just a journalist. I don't I don't expect people to recognize mm-hmm. me. But it was it was amazing because I remember I was in Jaipur at one of the biggest literature festivals in India and um a group of school girls uh in in the pigtails and school uniforms came to me after i had a panel and they said we heard you and we really like what you said but we don't have the money to buy a book oh. can you can you sign our diaries and they literally got out there you know those diaries that you have the school diaries and they just said can you write something for us and i wrote in like 8 to 10 diaries with a oh, bunch of school girls yeah. and it was really amazing because um it it made me realize that This book is not just for people uh, you know who are fully formed adults it's a lot for young yeah. children and when they read that especially school kids especially who are untouchable like me will understand that there is a way to be a different kind of person yeah. in this world than what we are told exactly so um so you're very active on twitter <laughs> um 
uh, you share your opinion on human rights, diversity, and society. So now, do you think social media is becoming more becoming more powerful in the recent years? Is do you think that's a good thing, a neg or a negative? Um, um, I think like every platform, this has positives and negatives. The right. positives are obviously that it gave people like us a voice. Like somebody like me would never have this platform to right. um, create a voice for myself. It wasn't for social media. But at the same time, social media channels, like whether it's Facebook or Twitter, are also allowing unregulated bullying of people. Yeah. And they are allowing... Um, fake news or right. to sort of go on on rampage without really regulating that. So I think um, there have to be systems put in place that regulate that kind of activity. But at the same time, I, I'm being a millennial. I cannot say social media is bad. Yeah. It's been a part of my life since I was very young. Since we remember. Yeah. yeah exactly. So it's, it's something that's important, I feel. And uh, so from your past experience having worked with multi multiple media outlets and agencies um what do you suggest someone like you an aspiring professional to prepare entering this in this industry um if we had to talk about writing i i would say what every writer says read people uh, you know you admire read the kind of subjects that speak out to you read more women of color read more female authors of color read diverse perspectives read stories that are different from yours i think that's important as far as being a writer is concerned but as a marketing professional i would say be very sure that you're attuned to culture trends be on top of every trend that's coming out of the cultural landscape today so that you know if you're in marketing how people are receiving that idea right. and that you can use that for your brand or the agency or whatever you work for how you can use that to make it work for you right and so do you have any upcoming project what's next um, so the next step is to bring this book to the United States. Yeah. It's available in South Asia for now, but I would really like the readers in the U.S. to get access to it and understand that caste is still a reality of India today. Mm -hmm. And hopefully um, it can change the perception of how things are. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It's thank nice you. having me. Thank you. Thank you. For more episodes and podcast announcements, visit our website and be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. All episodes will also be shared on our YouTube account in video version. Be sure to subscribe to our channel.